0: daughters. I'm John Miller and this is Locked on Mizzou, your destination for partisan Missouri Tigers football and basketball talk five days a week. And thank you guys so much for listening, sharing, and reviewing in particular on Apple Podcasts because that's where those sweet, sweet algorithms truly exist. And well, speaking of sweet, unfortunately... We don't have the sweetest game in the world to talk about tonight with my buddy, Mr. Blake Stark, because Missouri got absolutely annihilated by Mississippi State tonight, 72-45, to and you know what? In my preview episode, I talked a lot about their two guards, Nick Weatherspoon, Tyson Carter. Thought there may be some ways we could exploit that matchup, but boy, both those guys killed it, and you know what? we got to talk about... Mario McKinney leaving the program, too. But first of all, Blake, I want to talk about Missouri's offense, or more accurately, the lack thereof of Missouri's offense. I really thought that Missouri had a chance to find something sustainable based on that previous game against Florida, based on doing high screens, basically your 1-5 pick and rolls. We're talking Drew Smith with Reed Nico, maybe Mitchell Smith maybe Axel Ocongo, basically whoever your five-man is in that scenario, setting high screens and then secondary action with guys just driving the ball to the basket. My question for you is what in the world happened to that? I didn't see that offense tonight. Yeah, I mean, it seemed to me particularly in
1: you know the first half of the first halves, so like your first ten minutes or so of the game, um, and I don't have a hard point to where where it seemed like they started to try to do that, but it seemed like they they were back to that – Pass it around the top and try to force it into the into the post guy.
0: Yeah, um, more post looks with Nico, yeah, for and instance. I mean, he, and he, why? There's, there's just no reason to yeah. feature Reed Nico. Like, and, and I mean, I God liked, love Reed Nico. And right. he, again, he had some. Again, once again, we've noticed he's really been finishing nicely at the rim this Tip year. He had another and, nice dunk yeah, two, here. Not, two a, big dunks tonight. Really good finish. So again, I just don't think the low post is is where it's at with him. Well, if, I mean, if we're not going to advocate to feature. You know
1: Tillman as the focal point of the offense. We're certainly not right. going to have Reed Nico be the focal point of the offense. So it seemed like they fell back into that rut. And you know, by the time we uh, got back to trying to work the screen rolls, you know, we we were we were already buried by 15 points and just. And then at that point, it was just we just couldn't make we just couldn't make shots. Um, they kind of did to us what we did to Florida. I mean, they were hitting, although they didn't really. They didn't really hit as many threes as it felt like they hit. I, I was surprised. I think they hit like five threes or not not that many threes, but they made a lot of those long twos that felt like threes because they were kind of at the end of the shot clock or they were in a, a certain time in the possession. But yeah, they, I mean they just they were they were on and we were off and we compounded it by progressing to some kind of bad offensive tendencies and and we certainly you start, can't start the game turning the ball over you know twice. You can't you can't go the first like five minutes of a game and have more turnovers than field goal attempts. Sure, It's that's, that's no way that's no way to win a road game.
0: Yeah, and again, just my biggest disappointment is obviously the execution was bad, the result was bad. But to me, why did we go away from the plan that clearly worked against a Florida team that statistically was in the same ballpark as the Mississippi State defensively? it's not like Mississippi state is one of the greatest defensive teams in the country or anything. That's not true at all. I mean, they're okay. They're a good defensive team. Wouldn't say they're great. They're probably in about the ballpark as Missouri and Florida, probably a little bit better than Florida. But
1: again, we just played We just played right into their hands. I mean, you could just hear the announcers embracing this, you know, great defensive, great defensive possessions and great defense by Mississippi state. And, and maybe it was but a lot of it was the art the ball was stuck at the top of the of the key dribbling and passing it side to side until very late in possessions and then you know at that point then you've got guys taking shots that they aren't prepared to take you've got guys forcing shots they shouldn't take you've got guys turning it over trying to make something happen you know when when you when you waste you know Eighty percent of your possession, and you had to try to make something happen in the last six seconds. Sure. you know that that you have there, you know it, it doesn't right. look good, and it makes the defense look really good.
0: No, I agree, and that was one again one thing I really liked about the action that we had against Florida. Those one five pick and rolls is you could just get into it a little bit faster before you then get into the secondary stuff, and and here's the thing. While this high screen stuff, this 1-5 pick and roll, and by that I mean essentially Drew Smith and whoever the center is on the court, whoever is our five man by default, that's essentially should be our offense with three guys that are spreading the floor around them. And part of that is because I definitely believe that it fits our personnel. Certainly Drew Smith is good in those spots. Certainly I think Reed, Nico, and again Jeremiah Tillman, who may or may not play the rest of the year, quite frankly. I think he's more effective on those rim runs. But again, I'm not trying to act like I'm reinventing the wheel here. This is really basic stuff that essential, basic, advanced statistics have told us that actually, yes, this is the most effective, basic way to run. I'm not saying it's the only way to run effective offense, but just... If you want to run a real basic, effective offense, yeah, just run one five pick and rolls and put shooters around him. That will get you home, and it's so much better than anything we've done so far this year. I don't know why we're overcomplicating it. Is basically what I'm saying. Well, yeah, and you just look at the
1: the production of of the ball handlers that we had, you know, tonight versus the the Florida game. I mean, Mitchell's or excuse me, Drew Smith played 32 minutes. He had four points. He only had one foul. And he had three assists and, and four points in 32 minutes. I mean, contrast that to... I mean, he was dominating that game against Florida. In the end, right. He had, what, 22 points? Sure. I mean, look at... Pinson might as well not have played. He had one rebound and one turnover in 17 minutes.
0: Right. That's his
1: entire line. Right. I, he, they must... I think they missed an assist because he did have... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at Watson's. I got Watson and Pinson confused there. 21 minutes, uh, two turnovers, three assists, and no points for, for Pinson. So, not, I mean, not a... Not a tremendous difference, but when I mean, that's just uh, what is that, like thirty less points out of your out of your out of your ball handlers than what
0: we had against the, against Florida? Sure. Well the thing about Penson is you know what actually let's just tease that. I want to talk a little bit more about Xavier Pinson here after the break. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So the thing with Pinson is I'm starting to realize is that while I like a lot of things about his game and I think when the shot clock breaks down, when the offense breaks down at the end of the shot clock, he's the kind of guy you can throw to and the kind of guy who can penetrate and get his own shot. But I'm starting to realize, man... Just in the flow of the offense, just being a basic point guard. Clearly, he's not that guy, and if he, and at that size, he kind of needs to be that guy, don't you think? To some extent, at least, just to be able to set up the offense. I mean, just do basic stuff, get 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 us into sets, and it just seems like he's more of a, I don't know, one on one player, and that's his strength. And I just I don't know if he totally works in the flow of the offense at times. Is that? Do you think I'm kooky? I, I think he doesn't work in in the stagnant. Throw it around, right? Do nothing exactly. offense that we we're stuck in tonight.
1: That's totally fair. I mean, that smothers him as a player. I think if you watch him, his gift is his speed and his like open court vision and ability to change. And I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to have Reed Nico on the post and four guys on the on the perimeter, and then have Pinson run down there and run into into Nico's guy. That's not that's not what he, that's not where he's good. I mean, you know, his 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 gift is to is to get around guys. Uh, and, and see guys cutting and and make passes to those guys and and he's not really I don't know I he obviously he can be I mean he's probably our maybe our biggest hot and cold guy like mean, he's either great or he's or, or or he's not a lot of times it seems like sure it seems like you don't get a whole lot
0: of Definitely feast or famine at yeah, times mediocre. from Xavier egg Xavier but I
1: guess I mean I'm never going to get that right you know, sex Xavier just say that it'll work um not very sexy tonight but I mean, but again, I'm like you know you'd like to think Drew Smith is like your steadying presence, your you know, steady hand on the till or whatever. But I mean, he's a non-factor tonight. Um, sure, I, I don't know. We're just the, no, the he was. And was was again, I, I out of it.
0: I just thought we didn't do Drew again, not to beat a dead horse. I just didn't think we did any him any favors by the game we played tonight. Why didn't we play to his strengths more? Again, the hot the screen it's roll. crazy action. that we he's had, so good at that. Had that just, like,
1: Conzo said that we needed to you know. Pick up the pace, be more aggressive, take care of you know, take advantage of opportunities where they present themselves, and then we do that right. against Florida. had tremendous success at it. Had a season high in shooting percentage, season high in scoring, probably season high in like everyone's spirits regard- regarding Mizzou basketball. Right. And then you turn around, and it seems like you have an opportunity. You're playing a team that's it doesn't have a conference win yet. Uh, you, know, you know, it seems it, to be a team that like wants to play a similar style that you play, and you. Have a chance. They only play seven people, so you have a time to you have a chance maybe to play it a little up tempo and take advantage of that. And then you just go out there and just fall flat on your face, and, and you are the worst. You be like the worst example of you know the bad offense that we get labeled as having a lot. We just we look like the best possible version of ourselves against Florida, and then the absolute worst possible version of ourselves in back to back games is it's hard. It's just hard to take that as a as a fan. Like where's I don't know.
0: Yeah, no, it's been brutal to watch at times. Other than the Florida game, honestly, an SEC play. I mean, Missouri tonight—we scored twenty points in the first half, got doubled up forty to twenty. Then the second half, you get twenty-five. I mean, wow! Let's throw a parade. We got twenty-five points in the second half.
1: Well, in fairness, if you—I mean, you're watching the game and the way the game played out, we did come out with a little bit of urgency, I think, at the beginning of the second half. And we chipped away and we you know we got got it down to fifteen and there were several possessions right around that kind of twelve, eleven minute mark where we had a good three and we had a you know a a, a two that didn't and we had another three where we did just shots that didn't fall that would have got us to like that, you know, within ten and, and would have felt like a game at that point. And then we didn't make those shots and immediately we paid for it because Mississippi State turned around and went on a run and, and we just got buried. And it went from being you know, went from being 15 with a chance of it being like 10 to, you know, 25
0: or 30 with eight, nine minutes left and really no chance to get back in the game at all. Yeah, I mean, it just never felt like we had a chance in this game from the word go. I mean, you got to give Mississippi State some credit. Like you said, even though they're 0-3, I mean, they lost – a really unlucky game, honestly, at the buzzer to LSU. An LSU team that I like, but I feel like they're ultimately going to underachieve based on several factors, including their essentially lame duck coach, I would say, Will Wade. but They just did that again at A&M tonight. They tied them up and beat them in overtime. They're did just, they? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see yeah. the end of that. Yeah, boy, LSU's been a weird one. Yeah, I mean, they're 4-0, but I, they've been impressive and yet underachieving at the same time. I'm not totally sure what to make of them, but – Anyway, I, I, I digress here a little bit. I guess the point was is you know what? Here's the thing about Mizzou, I, I, I still and Conzo Martin, I just don't understand some of his thinking. Like, for instance, Trey Jackson is, has looked promising here lately and yet no, I understand you look at his box score. Okay, he was in for a little bit of time and committed a turnover and two fouls, but in a game where we lose by twenty-seven, how about you let him have some growing pains? I mean, somehow Axel O can get more minutes than him, and again, I just don't see a lot of promise from him. But I see promise in Trey Jackson, so I don't know. What do you think is? What, what do you is, think I mean, about Conzo? This is the substitution second substitution pattern. It's the second like there game,
1: of. second game in a row where Trey Jackson's got relatively early first half minutes yep. and bring him in, and you know he he's not effective in a very short window that you that you give him and then you just don't give him another chance and so you're you know you get to the end of the game where it's garbage time and you're going to give minutes to you know I mean and you know I, I don't have anything against Parker Brown but I, th- I think that you know, you would assume that Trey Jackson is a bigger. He's got to part. Part be a bigger part of, part of the of the I mean, plans than Parker come Brown on. is, right? It has, I mean, he has to the fifty-sixth ranked player in the country or something when you recruited You've him. You've got last to year, at so.
0: least see what you have in him. That's my so point. I, I yeah, just it, what bothers me about the Trey Jackson thing. It's like clearly, especially at this point, moving forward, we better figure this out. Like, all right, we're now. What are we? One and three in the conference. Is that right? Nine and seven overall. I think that's right. So. My God, like we're not going to the NCAA tournament, I hate to say it, barring a it, massive turnaround. It just seems to me Let's like – Let's see what we have in this kid. Like Give what him, him he some do, reps. Does he, he
1: does enough to earn first-half minutes, but sure. then, then you got a big enough problem with him that he can't get back in when the game's – I mean, the game was out of reach pretty much against Florida at the end. He could have played then and you I, know, in a different situation or, or played in the garbage minutes at the end of this one. So sure. I just, how, how does he earn first-half minutes and earn no second – how does he earn one appearance on the court – in the first half and two consecutive games, and then no, like you can't see like he gets in there for a, a few possessions. You see him do stuff. You, you can't take some feedback, give him some feedback from that, and then get, send him back out there to see if, in the course of the same game, he can adjust based on what you saw. Like you know, like Trey, I, you know, I, I need you to I need you to be more aggressive. I need you to cut there. I need you to guard that guy. I need you, and then. And then send him back in and see if he he listened to you? It doesn't make sense to me that he just gets banished after one appearance.
0: Sure. Yeah, I I didn't like that either. And, you know, honestly, again, moving forward, we just got to see more of what we have in Trey Jackson because, my goodness, even Torrance Watson – he struggled a lot last year. He got more minutes than this. He was able to find his footing last year and and, and finish strong. Who's to say that Trey Jackson can't do that? But you got to actually put him on the floor to find out. That's my whole point. And Torrance Watson struggled a lot tonight. Yeah. He struggled. To, I mean, that Chicago State game
1: is looking more and more like just a it's total, a total like, red herring. Yeah, you know, just like,
0: a complete red herring at this point. But hasn't you know what? Done that at all. Absolutely. And you know what? We got to talk about. Unfortunately, we got to talk about Mario McKinney moving forward and more about this crappy Mississippi State game coming right up. So, Blake, unfortunately, Mario McKinney is no longer with the program, and from the sources that we have, the somewhat inside information that we have, it sounds like the idea that, well, Mario was transferring was eh, probably a kind way of putting it. It sounded like he may have been no longer welcome on the team, perhaps, based on, I don't know, we had been hearing for a while that Maybe he hadn't been finding his way to class regularly, <laughs> to put it one way. So, unfortunately, this may be not the biggest surprise in the world, but I- I'm disappointed because obviously the guy had shown a lot of explosive athleticism. I-, I had said early in the season I thought he'd be a fan favorite. So, I don't know, Blake, just overall, what are your thoughts on Mario no longer being here?
1: you know just it's it's kind of sad to me i mean i, I like I like Mario I like what you know we watch his high school film I mean he seems like a real kind of a spark plug guy that could be a spark plug guy he it seems like he could really defend if he wanted to you know right. he's, he's quick enough he's he's a super athlete um he's, he's real bouncy i we I think we could use more of that on this team honestly, but you could tell sometimes the you know the game was just too, I wouldn't say the game was too fast for him, but almost like he just was too fast. I was like he was going too game. fast. Yeah, he would just yeah. get in there and just. <laughs> I mean, he just
0: go. Honestly, it may just be the wrong fit for him. I mean, I, I wouldn't totally dismiss the fact that he could catch on somewhere, and especially a. a a program that plays a little bit faster of a clip. Like honestly, if you know, this is going to sound funny because this is a way lower level, but if he transferred to a place like Grinnell, Iowa, like he'd probably be the man because he could actually get going fast, but just always felt like it was, you know, even though in terms of geography, you know, Vashon high school, St. Louis, the kind of guy that Conzo Martin would want to recruit, but just stylistically, just not a fit in retrospect. Well, I just think the, you know, I think it weighed on him.
1: You know, he, he had that, you know, the the relation to Jimmy McKinney. You know, he's a legacy. He's got sure. a name there. Sure. And he was, you know, at one point he was a, a four-star recruit. I think he wound up as a three-star recruit. But I think it sort of weighed on him that he was not getting a whole lot of minutes. So I think when he went in there, he just felt like he had to earn more minutes and the way he thought that he could earn more minutes was to try to do more stuff, and that a lot of times that pressed
0: re- a little bit when he, yeah, got a lot of times game. that
1: resulted in two quick shots or, you know, just playing a little bit out of control, and it it didn't mesh with what everyone else was trying to do necessarily at the time. Um, but again, even with him, you know, you you would this, the Konzo sub patterns are kind of weird because you'd see him show up in the first half and then you not do, and then never see him again. Like it's just so bizarre to me that a guy could get a chance and earn a chance in the first half and then just disappear completely from the game based on what he did on one possession it makes sense to me if you go out there you know are are off for your first you know for your first appearance and then you get some feedback from the coach you would think on the bench and you get a chance you go in and see if you listened and see if you adapted what you were doing to to what the coach felt needed to be done in the course of the game and then you could then you would know if if he was coachable or if he was gonna gonna get on board with what you were trying to do but if he never if he never gets a second chance to come out there and you know and try to do what you're telling him to do, then how do you how do you know what you have there? How, right? How do you how do you build on 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 that if you're not getting another chance to do it? So that doesn't that just kind of ties in with what we're seeing in the treatment of of Trey Jackson. But and I hope I really hope it doesn't wind up the same way for him. Um, but again, I you know I, I would I would love to see McKinney. I think if you know he could have. Spend a little more time in the program and and gotten just let it slow down and and kind of use that that energy and that athleticism in spots like kind of like to a degree that Pinson does when he's good Pinson. Then I think he could have had you know, I think he could have been a, a good player from Mizzou. But
0: you know I you know I hope he hope he does well wherever he winds up. Yeah certainly no I, I certainly no ill will toward Mario McKinney whatsoever. And yeah again I I just wish it could have worked out because. I don't know, I just, from the little I saw of him on online and everything, I was excited to see the guy and, you know, certainly the legacy thing. That, that factors into that as well. But, you know what, we've been a little negative on this show. Let's go out on a positive note, Blake. You and I being the resident Kobe Brown stands that we are, we got we got to give it up for Kobe a little bit. I thought another really nice game by him tonight. Hit 50% of his shots, 50% of his twos, 50% of his threes. You know, you know Kobe's just a multifaceted guy. I was just thinking, if this were the 1990s, we'd probably consider him a tweener. But you know what? In 2020, he still feels like a really, really nice four-man combo forward type, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I especially for a freshman, he's just he's you know he's really consistent. Yeah, I continue to I continue to really like Kobe Brown, and you always like his
1: body language too. If you if you watch him during a game, he doesn't seem to get down. He you know he I agree. Yeah, even we're down by 15 or whatever in the second half, he gets a bucket, and he just looks like he's ready to ready to go. He had a real nice, caught the ball into the rim, went up and dunked it. Uh, he had led the team in points, tied for the lead, the, the team lead bound, team lead in rebounds. I think. I mean, he's starting obviously, which I like, but he's not. He's not. He's almost not playing starter minutes. Right. Like you know, he's, he had 20 minutes tonight. I think we need to have more. I think Kobe needs more minutes.
0: Yeah. Well, I kind of agree with that, but I will say, you know, as far as the starters go, second half we did take Kobe out, started Javon Pickett. I can be honest, the starting lineup we've played recently with Nico, Mitchell Smith, Kobe Brown, just feels a little bit too big to me, to be honest. maybe I'd like to see a little bit more shooting, maybe a little bit more... Versatility, quickness, whatever it is, it just feels like that's a little bit of a big team to this, me. That this, probably, this is probably gonna,
1: this is probably Mitchell Smith's worst game he's had since we since we put him in. I mean, I think he was like one for seven tonight. Yeah, he had opportunities. Over five he, from three, yeah. he didn't hit him. He, I mean, he didn't really turnovers. He didn't fouls. Really bored. He had fouls and turnovers and yeah, he, he wasn't. I mean, he wasn't. I, but that Perry guy's a tough. I mean, that guy's a monster. He looks like Carl Malone, and he and he's got more skills. I, right. I mean, that guy's a. You look at that guy. That's that's a. I mean, that guy. We don't have anybody that's built like that guy.
0: No, so. you're right, and he is sort of your more traditional Carl Malone esque. You know, strong power forward. So yeah, one on one, definitely a tough matchup for Mitchell Smith. You know, Mitchell has been a really good defender for us the last few games, but mostly because mostly in like pitch, pick and roll situations, situations where he can switch the screen and still be agile enough to to. Guard the guard, maybe lay off a little bit, but then be long enough to challenge the shot. He's been really good at that, but I think you're right. I think Perry definitely took advantage of uh, his physicality a little bit. Yeah, and I
1: think the big the big thing there is, I think Perry kind of matches Mitchell Smith with
0: athleticism. So yep. I think he's as quick as Mitchell yeah, is, and he's but he's a lot stronger. But he's just a beast too. So you can yeah. see. Well, he's a McDonald's All American right. recruit Absolutely. too. So I mean, I mean, I mean that a, That's a special yeah, player. He's sure you, know, you don't see guys built like that all the time. Um and, and you know what if you're the type of person that is like perhaps you are Blake I don't want to speak for you but if you're going man I wish we'd have gotten Ben Howland a few years ago well you know maybe we would have gotten uh, a guy like Perry as well you know well, uh, I recruiting said that, has been a little lacking under right. Martin you gotta I, say
1: I did say that I, I said what I really wish is that we were in like year six of Ben Howland at <laughs> right so I, you know we could have skipped that whole Kim Anderson debacle and had Ben Howland come in and, and have him start working I, honestly I think you know, if, if he was at Mizzou, he might have better, he might have better clay to build with than he does at at Mississippi State. Perhaps, you know, I, that's a place where they haven't had a whole lot of basketball success. Very true. Very um, true. And you know, I don't know that.
0: You no, know, you're you're I, absolutely. I, I'm not right. pining for Ben Hallen right now,
1: yeah. but at the, at the Kim Anderson hire, I I did. I mean, I was a big. Sure. If you can't get if you can't get right, uh, you know, how am I blanking on the on the. The
0: Purdue guy is that? No, no, the, okay. the
1: Wichita State guy. I, oh, uh, uh, I'm blanking, yeah, <laughs> I'm blanking on him right now. But <laughs> I'm
0: also Greg Marshall. Yeah, if you can't go. get
1: Marshall, then get Howland because it seemed like Howland was angling for the job. He he'd just gotten, I think, he would just gotten out of UCLA. I think at the time, um, I think it was an opportunity at that point to get him. And I don't, I don't know that I would. You know, I'm I'm not quite as bullish on Conzo as I was at some point. I'm not giving up on Conzo by any means. So I'm I think with they're you. probably like. You know, and they're probably 50-50 right now for me. In the, but I think if we were in year six of, of Ben Howland, I think we'd be in a better place right? than we are right now. So that was what I meant earlier when I said that we were watching the game. Sure. Um, but yeah, you'd like to have those type of players. but it, So that's a tough matchup. Mitchell Smith did well against... Uh, was Skeetas <laughs> Remember the guy from Illinois, the, right. the big European Georgie guy,
0: Georgie Bashatas Yeah, whatever yeah. that guy was. We'll, we'll go with that pronunciation. So he
1: was—he's obviously bigger than Mitchell Smith. He's probably of a similar size as this Perry kid, but he's not as quick as this Perry kid. Yeah, so, at least in terms of height. Yeah. So yeah, so Mitchell right. Smith could get to spots and and frustrate that guy, and he doesn't have that same speed advantage against this Perry kid. And that's where I think he suffered in the in the comparison. But he had a lot of good looks from three and. But so did everybody. I mean, just the whole team decided not to shoot well tonight. I, I don't know. I don't know how that's so – just weird that you're coming off a game where the entire team shot amazing. Sure.
0: Well, you know, again, I, I just thought the offensive plan from the Florida game, it just wasn't there. And to be honest, there was absolutely no reason whatsoever it shouldn't have been because, as I said in the preview, I thought we could have taken the abdul Adu kid maybe out of the lane not the most agile center in the world, a good center, certainly a good traditional defensive rebounding center, but I thought we could have exploited him a little bit defensively, but fortunately that did not happen. So, well, hopefully all I can say is we can exploit some matchups moving forward here for Missouri. Can, so,
1: can I, can I get a little a, a Congo speculation, though? I, please. He, he played, I, I have, played, have no idea we're going with he this, but go for it. He didn't play much in the first half, but I – and he, and he did look lost on offense. It didn't look like he was looking for the ball because I think there were a couple chances. I think uh, Pinson dropped one for him that, that could have been one. And I think Kobe Brown did the same thing. Um, he just didn't seem to be – maybe he didn't consider himself to be an option on offense or something. Yeah. Like He's like, I'm just going to be out here and lean on people. Sure. But I didn't hate what I saw on defense. Like, yeah. They went to they thought that they could explore his matchup because he's – but he didn't – he was not moved off his spots, and he didn't foul, and he and – he, he, played he didn't, pretty he
0: didn't foul I'll I'll push back against well, that. Well, on the ones on the possessions <laughs> that I won, maybe
1: he did have but just a couple like he got isolated a couple times against their big guys and stood his ground. And so I was I felt better about him. And also I saw some stuff today that apparently uh Jordan Wilmore uh, has been playing in some tournaments and and people are becoming more impressed by what he's doing. Um so hopefully one of these two projects is going to is going to pan out for us and well. Well, you the future know what? Of the paint is not as empty as it had seemed maybe
0: i will i will agree with that completely and i will stand corrected actually okongo didn't have any fouls for some reason i thought he had two fouls but i hey, I, oh. I, I went back and uh, corrected myself because that's the kind of integrity, integrity see i did tegrity. i just south park myself mm, i went Integrity farms <laughs> that's the kind of integrity that we have here on locked on mizzou so for blake stark i'm john miller And for all the integrity in the world, this is Locked on Mizzou.